folks, welcome back to Indaba Africa. This is Chris once again. Folks, welcome back to Chris White Africa here on the Indaba Broadcasting Network for the Indaba Africa News of the Day. Today is the 27th of May. Here in the United States, we're approaching Memorial Day weekend in which we recognize those who've fallen in service to our armed forces, whether in peacetime or in conflict, the majority of whom fall in conflict. Single largest loss of life among soldiers in our history was, of course, the American Civil War with 655,000 fatalities. Second was the Second World War with over 400,000 fatalities. But even smaller conflicts that last for long duration, like Vietnam, 58,000 casualties. Thankfully, Afghanistan and Iraq, the numbers are far lower with about 2,300, 2,400, and 4,400 between the two of them, each of them. Straight to the headlines for today, the 27th of May, 2021. Jacob Zuma says, not guilty. It wasn't me. Jay-Z pleads not guilty to 18 counts of racketeering, corruption, fraud, tax evasion, and money laundering. Also, the French defense firm Talis pled not guilty as well at the same hearing. So, Jacob Zuma's trial finally begins and gets underway. Of course, we'll see what happens. He's avoided justice for two decades plus. Finance Minister Tito Mbwene of South Africa warns of expropriation without compensation hazards in a bizarre but honest admission by the sitting finance minister of South Africa about the jeopardy of stealing property and undermining property rights. Fascinating development in South Africa. Southern African Development Community leaders meeting today with Mozambique's President Felipe Inusi about the Cabo Delgado crisis and the potential deployment of a SADAC intervention force. In Namibia, President Kane Gab dismisses calls for his impeachment, saying that people are copycatting playing monkey see, monkey do, like they are in South Africa. Monica Kingab has tested positive, the president's spouse. In Zambia, President Edgar Lungu, Lungu has banned election campaign rallies from now through the election scheduled for the 12th of August in a disturbing development in Zambia. Over 100 people are still missing after a boat collapsed in the Niger River in northwestern Kebi State in Nigeria. And French President Macron has apologized for French responsibility in the Rwandan genocide of 1994. Come again? French responsibility? Nigeria will host Africa, June's African Athletics Championship, which will allow the final batch of African athletes to qualify for the Olympics that are supposed to take place in Tokyo this summer. Now, this is after Algeria has pulled out of it. No reason given, likely having a lot to do with the recent unrest in Algiers. But Nigeria will now carry the games forward in June to allow people to qualify for the Olympics. So only China invests in Africa's infrastructure. If we believe the propaganda, that's the case, right? No one else does anything. There was no Western intervention, no European, no North American aid, loans, support for the past 70 years to independent African countries. It just never happened. It was our imagination. And they don't even do it anymore, do they? Well, once again, the facts undermine the fairy tales. $48 billion in North American and European development finance institution money to Africa between 2015 and 2020 alone. Mali's president and prime minister have resigned while under custody after having been arrested by the military junta. Yet another disturbing development for the conflict-ridden Mali. And a Dutch court hands down an unprecedented ruling against Royal Dutch Shell Corporation 
telling them that by 2030, they must reduce their carbon emissions by 45% and that of their consumers. I didn't stumble. I didn't mumble. The Dutch court says that Royal Dutch Shell must reduce its emissions from exploration, processing, transportation of the things that it produces and sells, which of course would be energy from petroleum. And that is also liable for the consumption of that petroleum by the end user, and they must reduce their emissions. What planet do these people live on? This is all to comply with the Paris climate scam. This is unprecedented, and it really is going to lead to pervasive economic slowdowns across the European community if this sort of nonsense is allowed to happen. 15 United States have set down the gauntlet. They've laid the gauntlet down against the Biden's administration to underhandedly, in a racketeering fashion, use the apparatus of the government to force the energy industry out of business. To what end? So we all sit around and freeze? No one can get anywhere? All kinds of bizarre efforts underway by this, this out-of-control Manchurian cadaver regime seeking to eliminate all air travel of less than one hour? Really? Who do you people think you are? Does that include recreational aircraft and private aircraft and crop dusting? Yeah, medical evacuation flights. What a bunch of abject losers. Well, those are the headlines, folks. Let's get to in-depth news and analysis of today's news. It wasn't me. Hey, just like Shaggy said, picture this. We were both butt naked dancing on the bathroom floor. How was I to remember that I gave her a key? Well, <laughs> Jay-Z says it wasn't me. Jacob Zuma pleads not guilty to 18 counts of racketeering, fraud, money laundering. Uh, the list is so endless. I get tired of saying it over and over again. But Jacob Zuma, former president of South Africa in 2009, 2018, has pled not guilty for a multi-billion dollar arms deal. Yep, he has said that um, he is not guilty. Interesting, his assessment there. 18 counts on corruption charges at court in Peter Maritzburg, where many pro-Zuma supporters turned outside the court to cheer him on. Of course, he's already been determined guilty by a previous judge in the Shabir trial, the Shabir Sheikh trial, for his illicit payments. Over 700, nearly 800 illegal payments for bribes the court has charged him with. Pleads not guilty on all counts. And Talis, the French arms dealer who has a South, had a South African subsidiary called Tint that was involved in the purported corruption, pled not guilty as well, represented for them. In a fascinating development, this is in business tech, reported finance minister Tito Mbweni has started talking about the hazards of expropriation on the compensation. Imagine there, there could actually be damage if you undermine property rights, steal land from people who lawfully obtained it, and give it away to other people based on skin pigmentation. Yeah, that's not going to affect the credit markets. That's not going to affect the reliability of your country. That's not going to affect the interest of people to invest in your in your economy. Not at all. Not at all. No. Well, Tito Mbweni, finally, the first honest statement from a public ANC senior leader in ages on this topic. And what does this mean? That's the question. What does it mean for the future? Finance Minister Tito Mbweni says the land expropriation without compensation already risked taking a toll on South Africa's economy because of the current uncertainty around the policy. Answering written parliamentary question and answers, he said the National Treasury has not conducted formal research on the impacts of land expropriation without compensation or undertaken a risk assessment impact on the economy. Let me save you half a billion rand real quick, okay? You just send me, you know, 10,000 rand 
I'll write a study for you and I'll tell you the impact of it. The impact of it is foreign direct investment will disappear. Millions of South Africans, white, brown, black, will try to flee the country and go elsewhere looking for better shores where they actually have a right to own property. And this, this bill, which it's not about land, it's about property. Expropriation without compensation of property will undermine all property rights, will allow the government to, without justification, confiscate your bank accounts, your retirement accounts, your vehicles, your jewelry, your weapons, your clothing, anything you own that's property, they can take without justification in the interest of evening the scales of historical inequities. What a load of horse manure. This, along with the other ridiculous bill that's currently in front of the parliament that would make it a crime to unintentionally hurt someone's feelings. What planet are these people on? Tito Mbueni apparently is breathing oxygen once again and has apparently floated back down to the surface of the earth because he's using reason here. To the extent that land expropriation without compensation were to generate policy uncertainty, it would have harmful effects on the economy. Several studies have looked at the impact of policy uncertainty in the South African economy. For example, well, then why do you need your own study if you've got several studies? Do you not trust them? Other research which found that unanticipated increases in uncertainty are linked to declines in investment, private sector employment, output, industrial production, while resulting in an inflationary shock. Not to mention <laughs> the moral wrongness of it. The whole purpose of getting rid of apartheid was for independence, freedom, liberty, and getting rid of the moral turpitude that was apartheid that was the segregation of South African society. So, so why, would you, why would, you, would you take the same sort of approach and morally reprehensibly steal from people? Two wrongs don't make a right. Tito Mbwene finally is breathing oxygen. It's nice to see a South African political leader with his head not in the clouds. But is it genuine? We shall see. Meanwhile, members of the Southern African Development Community are meeting with President Philippe Nussi today to discuss the intervention in Cabo Delgado province. Still not clear whether or not Nusi wants to propose force from the Southern African Development Community to enter Mozambique or what its role should be. Ramaphosa, Masisi, Managagua are all expected to meet with him at a summit of the security organ Troika today. But we're now two months since the horrific events in Palma on the 24th of March. Over two months and Sadek has taken no action. Who told you that was the case? Let's see. Two months ago. Who told you? Might it have been me? Yeah, don't expect a resolution anytime soon. Do not expect it. In Namibia, Namibia's President Hage Kingab is dismissing calls for his impeachment. Apparently, politicians are not happy with his performance and they think it's time to impeach him. Unfortunately for them, it's not a parliamentary system and there is an actual impeachment process. You can remove a president in Namibia under the constitution under certain circumstances, but it's not like South Africa. In South Africa, you can get rid of Cyril Ramaphosa tomorrow if you want. All you have to do is walk into parliament Table of vote of no confidence. If over 50% of the members of parliament say no, he's no longer the president of South Africa. Simple as that. Simple as that. That's why Italy has had so many governments since the Second World War, because of its parliamentary system and coalitions falling apart and losing support for parties so the candidate has to come back and they have to form a new government. South Africa hasn't had that problem because since 1994, the African National Congress has retained an insurmountable majority, although it's been chipped down to just 58% now another 5%, and they'll be in real jeopardy of losing control of the parliament. But as it stands now, there's no chance that an African National Congress president of the republic is ever going to be removed. The most corrupt, most venal, the most illiterate, most moronic, most buffoonish of all presidents, Jacob Zuma, survived, what, seven or nine no-confidence votes because ANC party members refused to vote against him. Not going to happen. Hage Kingab says, you can't do that to me. He brushes off. 
Swapo President Haki Kingab says party leaders are calling him to step aside or copycats of the South African system since he cannot be impeached through Congress. Well, that's not entirely accurate. Uh, we're not talking about impeachment, South that we're talking about a vote of no confidence. Some, we understand, are also going around collecting signatures to remove the elected president of Swapo. Well, he is correct. That doesn't do it. Former Swapo leaders such as ex-Prime Minister Angula have since last year called for King Gab and the current Swapo leadership resigned due to being elected through fish rot funding campaigns. Former Minister of Home Affairs, Ithani, has also expressed dissatisfaction with the current Swapo leadership. It's sad that those who profess to know the tradition culture of Swapo party are crediting themselves as cadres of high ideological standing and discipline today, engage in such copycat and reactionary activities, which they obviously have borrowed from the happenings in South Africa. Well, yeah, not. The lovely little Soviet-esque language aside, Hagi, it's because you're a useless leader and you're leading Namibia nowhere. Your reaction to the pandemic has been absolutely clueless. Your reaction to Namibia's economic issues, clueless. Over half the population still lives in abject poverty. You are the least popular Swapo president of the party and of the Republic since its founding in 1990. That's why they want you to go. Not because they're copying South Africa. What, what, what juvenile analysis on the part of Hage Kingab, the same person who threatened white Namibians with his racist comments just last year. If you don't vote for Swapo, there'll be a price to pay. Meanwhile, Chinese press reports that his spouse, Monica, has contracted the virus. Namibian President Hage Kingab and First Lady Monica Kingos tested po Oh, and the president. And the president has tested positive. I did not see that. Both President Kingab and the First Lady have tested positive Wednesday evening. They're in good spirits and self-isolating at the residence. Well, that's um, that's newsworthy, and we'll keep a track and, and, and follow up with that, and, and hopefully President Kingab and his wife recover. Uh, very interesting development in Namibia. President Lungu of Zambia has banned campaign rallies because of the pandemic. So people will not be able to rally and raise support in advance of the elections on the 12th of August. Zambian President Edgar Lungu on Wednesday banned campaign rallies ahead of the elections scheduled for August 12th, saying large gatherings risk spreading the pandemic. Very disappointing news for Democrats in Zambia. Good news for Lungu. <laughs> if parties can't, can't uh, have rallies, then they can't get support. Tragic news out of Nigeria's northwestern state where over 100 people were still missing when this report was filed earlier this morning. Current status unknown. Scores of people are missing and feared dead after an overloaded boat capsized northwestern Nigerian state of Kebi on Wednesday with 180 passengers on board. Incident took place in the Niger River early Wednesday local time when the boat left Niger State and was headed to Kebi State, according to Mary Noel Berge, a spokesman for the Niger State government. Around 20 people have been rescued and four bodies recovered so far. Rescue and search operations were ongoing. Most of the passengers are from Kebe State and are believed to be traders who are headed back across the river. Tragic news in Nigeria, folks. One of the roles of government is to ensure that transportation and vehicles, planes, trains, boats, automobiles are safe for use and their waterways, their passageways, their roads, their rails are all safe for people's use. No idea what the issue was here if the boat was not river worthy or if it was overloaded, that seems to be likely a cause of this, but a tragic situation indeed. I've seen far too many horrific accidents on roads in Africa, from buses and from overloaded combi vans 
it's it's a sad situation to see a boat sink like this. It's not the first time. Sadly, it won't be the last. We don't know the cause. Let's hope that most of those people were saved, but we don't know the answer right now. French President uh, Emmanuel Macron has apologized for France's responsibility in the genocide in Rwanda in 1994. A visit to Rwanda, he apologized. He recognizes French responsibility in the genocide. In a visit to Kigali, the French president says his country asked Rwanda for forgiveness in its role in 94 killings. I'm, I'm sorry. I was on orders, strip alert, to deploy to Rwanda as this unfolded. Uh, what exactly is the French responsibility? Rwanda was an independent country, had been since the early 1960s, former German and Belgian colony. What is France's responsibility? According to Macron, they supported the existing government. Were they aware the government was committing, going to plan to do this? They didn't admit that. So what was the French role? What's their responsibility? What is he apologizing for? Very disturbing, very disturbing precedent set here. French President Emmanuel Macron uh, said France recognized its responsibility in the genocide, asking for forgiveness for his country's role, but without offering an official apology. Macron said France did not listen to those who warned it about the impending massacre in Rwanda and stood de facto by a genocidal regime. Standing here today with humility and respect by your side, I've come to recognize our responsibilities, he said, adding, however, that France was not an accomplice to the genocide. Then why are you apologizing, Emmanuel Macron? Why are you apologizing for something you didn't do, that you had no role in? The United Nations should apologize to Rwanda. The United Nations should issue a formal apology to Rwandans for allowing it to happen. Bill Clinton should issue an apology. Kofi Annan, where he's still alive, should issue an apology. Those, along with Madeleine Albright, are the actors responsible for non-intervention in Rwanda. Not you, Macron. France is not responsible. France actually took people out of there. It took its own expats and Westerners, but it didn't intervene militarily. You are apologizing for a covenant of international law that does not exist. There is an effort to get the responsibility to protect ingrained into international norms, but it does not exist. It's a concept. It's a political theory. Apologizing for a theory is asinine. No Frenchman murdered people in Rwanda. Rwandans murdered Rwandans in the hundreds of thousands, nearly a million Rwandans, 850,000 people butchered with machetes, people. How sick and demented these people are. And many of them still live in Eastern Congo and hiding in Rwanda as well. Nigeria has picked up the slack and will host the African Athletics Championship so that people can make it to the Olympics. This is after Algeria pulled out. They agreed to host next month's African Athletic Championship as a replacement for Algeria, keeping alive an opportunity for many athletes to achieve Olympic qualification. Let's see. South Africa has fallen yet further down the scale. Long the largest economy in all of the African continent. Now it's becoming an also-ran. South Africa slipped even further behind. The largest economies in Africa are Nigeria, not a surprise, with over half a billion dollars GDP, Egypt with nearly $400 billion, and South Africa slides to third with just $330 billion of GDP. Trailing close behind, or not too far behind, well, about halfway behind actually, is Algeria with $151 billion, and then comes Morocco, fifth. South Africa slides even further down. Interestingly enough, three of the five largest economies in Africa now are located in North Africa. Morocco, Egypt, and Algeria have three of the five largest economies in all of Africa. We've long heard about how the Chinese are the only ones funding infrastructure in Africa. What a bunch of lies, a tissue of lies. Here you go, folks. This report from the Africa Report, a subsidiary of Jonah Freak, development finance institutions have long played an important role in financing Africa's private sector. Indeed, they have. But people only look to handouts to governments 
$48 billion from these organizations, the NOR Fund, the, Defe uh, the uh, Development Finance Corporation in the United States, $48 billion between 2015 and 2020. $48 billion for private investment to actually grow businesses, not to make government officials fat cats. In Mali, the president and prime minister resigned under duress after being arrested by the military. Transitional president and prime minister will be released from detention after they resign. I guess that may have been a condition for them to resign. The United Nations Security Council indicated Wednesday that after a closed meeting with, that the resignations were forced and demanded an immediate resumption of the civilian leg transition and return of the military to their barracks. Well, don't hold your breath on that. In news out of the Netherlands, a Dutch court has had an unprecedented decision against Royal Dutch Shell, telling them they must reduce their carbon emissions by 45% within nine years. That's impossible without shutting down the corporation. Simply impossible. This delusional court judgment is off the charts, and I don't see how it stands up to review. 45%, but not just what they produce, but what you consume. So let's ask this question. Will we hold timber producers accountable for our home fires when they release carbon, if our homes burn down? Will we release firewood manufacturers and charcoal manufacturers responsible for the carbon that comes from their products? Will we hold greenhouse saviors like the solar photovoltaic industry and windmills responsible for the carbon emissions related to the mining of rare earth elements and destruction of nature that's not included in their estimates? Will we hold them accountable for that? and the carbon that's produced when we consume their energy. Utter nonsense. 15 states in the United States are now striking back, laying down the gauntlet against the Biden administration, warning that they'll pull assets from financial institutions if they give in the federal pressure to decarbonize and refuse to lend or invest in the fossil fuel and coal industry. Letter came from West Virginia Treasurer Riley Moore, directed at Special Presidential Envoy for Climate Change, John Kerry. It expresses concerns or reports that Kerry and other members of the Biden administration have been privately pressuring U.S. banks to stifle the fossil fuel industry. In fact, that is what's been happening in criminal conduct, just like during the Obama administration, threatening private enterprise, private journalists with retribution if they didn't toe the line and skirt the law. They are seeking to skirt the law by intimidating private enterprise. And there you have the news and analysis from today, the 27th of May, 2021. Folks, thanks a lot for your support. For Chris White Africa, we'll catch you here next time on Indaba Africa, news of the day.